Mother's Day finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. Stephen Pritchard's along as usual. We will have a market update with Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. And Mandy Barton from Centrelink is going to join us. And there could be something on the new downsizing rule and contributions to super for the over 65s. Stephen Pritchard, the year's well and truly underway, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, only uh, um, ten and a half months to Christmas again, Jane. Ten and a half months it actually, is. Actually, it might, it might be... Uh Actually, it's probably even a bit less than that. Yeah, well, yes, it probably is because it's probably the Ides of February, isn't it? Yeah, yeah close What's to the it. the 15th yes. anyway? Yes, close um, to it. yeah. It's the year of the dog. Is that going to affect the markets, do you think? Uh, that's not till... That's starting this weekend. Friday, yeah, yeah. yeah that's going to yeah. say. So it's not the year of the dog till Friday. Yeah, but it will be for most of the year. Yeah, a so what, what, what is the year months. this year, though? It was the rooster. Oh. Already there is a dog erected outside the Sydney Opera House and on the other side of Circular Quay there's the roosters that were there next to the Sydney Opera House last year. Yes. Well, luckily luckily, the animals don't get eaten on their particular year. Oh, no. Because the rooster would have been okay. <laughs> and, of course, there are plenty of dogs eaten in Asia as well. A delicacy, I don't I believe. know if they're going to be eaten at the Sydney Opera House. No, uh, quite possibly not. <laughs> Okay. What about other commodities? We'll talk about some other commodities food. other than food, Jane. Um, and the uh, we'll talk about the gold price. The gold price was 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 uh, uh, down seven dollars and two cents to sixteen hundred and eighty six dollars uh, per ounce. Um, the copper price was down was up one point one percent or ninety seven dollars and three cents to eight thousand eight hundred and thirty seven dollars a ton and the crude oil price was down two dollars eighty a barrel to eighty one dollars and twenty eight cents. Um the currencies, uh the Australian dollars the Australian dollar rose almost two percent on the week. So uh yeah, so the Australian dollar almost two percent one one point eight percent to seventy nine point two three cents. So it's just below the um, eighty cents mark again. It's definitely trying to get back above eighty cents. Um against the Great British Pound we were we were up um one point one four percent to fifty six uh, pence against the New Zealand dollar, we were down um, two percent to one dollar and seven, and the um, euro we were sixty three point six two euro cents. So that's pretty much the same. Yeah, we might be up a little bit generally speaking against the euro, but we haven't sort of risen up even with Britain's um, problems with Brexit or well, I deliberations. A, I don't think. That's going to be a problem. I think that's not making a difference to our dollar going up against the pound. I don't think the exit from the euro is going to be. Uh, that's probably okay. Going, I, I think that's if anything, it's going to have significant benefits for Australia. Hopefully, benefits. Could it's, have. it's going to. Uh, you know, a lot of Australian export markets disappeared when when they when when the UK, you know, the apple industry and the dairy industry, all those exports disappeared overnight when when the UK entered the, the back then the common market. So hopefully. Hopefully, either some of those will come back. When will, it exits. That af- will that affect our our relative um, parity? Well, not parity. Our relativity of the dollar to the pound. I wouldn't see you see a great change in that. Yeah, I wouldn't see you. Okay, you see a great change. I mean, you've probably got to have a look at what the what the price of uh, our butter and apples will sell for in the in the UK. Yes, yeah, which may get, not be related yeah. at all or determine that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether the mm. butter's cheaper or dearer in the UK than here. Mm. Mm. Probably depends on where it comes from. Someone could pay me to fly over. 
and then you come back with an answer. That's right. <laughs> okay. So uh, the oil laundries markets con- continued to uh, drift down. It was down another 50 points on the previous week. So we're 5,940, um, which was down about 1% on the week. Um, the S&P index was, was up 5%. So that was 2,698. And the uh, Nikkei index was down 3% to 21,152. Um, some stocks that local people seem to love uh, were, were mostly red, but one one bright spot. Uh, BHP was back above thirty dollars yesterday, close yesterday, uh, which was up two percent on the week. Uh, CBA was down another three percent to seventy three dollars ninety eight. I mean, the Royal Commission was starting, and uh, the commissioners had a few things to say about a couple of the banks not submitting documents on time. But I don't think CBA was one of those. Um, uh, and NIB was down 2% to $6.21, and, and Telstra was down 4% to $3.43. So that's kind of a few of the local stock, stocks people are interested in. Um, and the uh, the petrol prices, well, it's a pity they didn't go down a bit more, but they were down um, in Newcastle, it's $1.35.8 cents a litre, so it's down one cent on last week. Sydney's $1.24, so it's down two cents on last week. And and the the um, diesel price is $1.37, which is the same as last week in Newcastle. And Sydney's diesel price is $1.35, which is also the same as last week. <laughs> And that's so the petrol prices aren't falling. Mm, mm, no, no. <laughs> they aren't. No. <laughs> so it's a question of looking and seeing what you can find around the place, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And it's our chance, chance now to take a look at the market, update what's happening with Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with the Markets Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Stephen Pritchard. Henry. Good. So, so we're still employed, unlike the uh, CEO of the new Maya. Uh, yes, yes. I, I was I was betting on Sky TV the other day whether the new, whether the Maya CEO would last longer than Barnaby Joyce, and he seems to have uh, um, Barnaby Joyce seems to have outlasted the Maya CEO. So, um, yes, hardly a surprise. Richard Umbers was the uh, was the ex CEO of Myers and has been dead man walking for some time. I'm afraid, um, and the new Maya, the five-year plan, which, let's face it, the five-year plan is code for, for a CEO saying, please pay me for five years, and when it stuffs up, um, we can get someone else in to have another five-year plan. I mean, it's, it's just a great gravy train these guys are on, um, and he is no longer there having stuffed up their five-year plan. I think he's in about two and a half years into it. Mm-hmm. So um, the chairman has moved decisively. Um, to get rid of him, and uh, Solly Lewis fired a, a pretty uh, aggressive broadside uh, against the company, the board, management, the chairman especially, um, and citing that basically they have no retail experience apart from wandering in the shop every now and then, um, when they probably got lost in the Westfield shopping centre. So, um, so yeah, not, not particularly good news for my other stock price did rally, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is, is always a sign that you've been stuffing things up, I guess, as a CEO. If, if you leave and the price rallies, I think the market then votes, um, hey, good riddance sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Because the other interesting thing is, is the, the, the corporate governance issue, issue as well, because the, this new five-year strategy plan would have been approved by the board. Uh, yes. So, well, that's, that's so exactly right. I mean, the, the whole thing is a schmozzle. Uh, brokers have been downgrading it uh, left, right and centre. I think the price target's now around 
20 cents. Oh, is it? Uh, it's currently 56. It's heavily, sh- heavily shorted. Um, you know, I, I cannot see this one ending well. And, uh, you know, if you want to do some fundamental research on the company, just wander around the, the stores uh, in your local shopping centre and see how many people are buying stuff. Um, certainly, you know, they had a, a pretty miserable Christmas and a pretty miserable January sales period. It's, it's, you know, it's very hard. You can go into Meyer and throw a stone and you wouldn't hit too many people. Certainly there won't be too many people trying to uh, take your money off you, which is, which is unlike JB Hi-Fi, which has been a, a great retail success story, where you get assaulted as soon as you walk in the door. Um, and, um, you know, they, your credit card straight away. Yeah, they basically just take your credit card and say, okay, so what do you want? And uh, what else do you want? And all of this is cool. Do you want that as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you want extra warranty. No, never. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay. Um, and then down at Woodside, they're, they're going to raise $2.5 billion. They are. They are. Well, Woodside have finally found a way to grow the company, which is to tap shareholders on the sh- shoulder and raise $2.5 billion to, uh, to take out uh, um, uh, one of their partners in the Scarborough project up on the northwest shelf. So um, looks interesting. Uh, the company hasn't come back from uh, suspension yet. It's a big, I guess it's a big slug, um, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But this may be the growth we've been looking for in Woodside, as they say. Um, so we'll, we'll see it's an entitlement offer. And, um, yeah, two and a half billion, it's big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah the market will soak it up in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a matter of seconds, no doubt. So, uh, so is it entitlement yeah. to all the shareholders? Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, what is it, a uh, one for nine. Um, so, yes, so it's entitlement to all shareholders. If you're an eligible shareholder, you can subscribe one for nine at an offer price of $27. Yeah. It's good to so. see all shareholders are treated equally for a change. Yeah, it's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is good to see uh, all shareholders um, treated equally. Usually you get those uh, wonderful institutional placements. Um, all the, the friends and family um, and mm-hmm. professionals get them. And then uh, the poor shareholders end up getting allocated a sort of stock in an SPP, share, share purchase plan, and they're only allowed to apply for $15,000 worth. Um, and it's yeah, it's not always yeah. a fair thing, and that's if they actually deign to um, to offer a share purchase plan in the first place. Yes, yes. And uh, so Domino's, well, Domino's numbers were all a bit confusing, but but I think the profit actually raised by eighteen point two percent to fifty nine million for the half year. It was a shocking result, Stephen. It was shocking. Um, it was terrible. Um, I saw um, the Don as he's affectionately known, at least by me, yes. on telly last night. And he basically, uh, on yesterday when I was doing Sky, he was basically saying, trust me, we will deliver. Um, these things are falling like dominoes, if you pardon the pun. The franchisees. They, they really stuffed up in Japan. They had a terrible Christmas menu. Their digital rollout looked bad. Uh, the stock dropped like a, 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 um, a cold pizza on a, um, yesterday and dropped uh, significantly. It was down from 49 bucks to... Uh, and uh, what did it get to yesterday? 45.60. And we've gone again today with another 7% fall as well. So it really isn't a good look. Um, I think is Don is not always good. They are, you know, they're doing okay in Europe. But, you know, the big, the big sell on Domino's, if you want to call it the big sell, was always that it wasn't a pizza company. It didn't make horrible pizza. It, it was a tech company. 
instantly. It delivered pizza by drone. It delivered pizza so quickly that it was almost there instantly. And before it was, it was cooked. Uh, before it, yeah, exactly, before it was cooked. And it, and it made sure that on the way to being delivered, you could tune in to the delivery driver and find out what his favourite music was on his iTunes. Oh, that was I nice. mean, really, do you want to know that stuff? Yeah. Um, I certainly don't care what, um, what Frank... The delivery driver listens to on his way to deliver, so it's it, it's struggling. I think is the answer, and he he has reaffirmed guidance, but uh, the market is pretty sceptical whether it will. It's going to require you know about a thirty percent uh, growth in the second half to get anywhere close, and that is just not going to happen. Yeah, I have to admit that my son and his friends were very keen when that delivery app came in with that you could see the pizza being delivered, mm. but it's all been forgotten about now. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just gimmicks. The thing that concerns me about them, and you know, I won't go on too long, but, you know, they, they were selling their delivery service. And basically, you know, there's UberX Eats and, and there's, um, you know, Deliveroo and Menu. There's lots of people sort of eating their lunch now in the delivery space. Chinese so restaurant. Yeah, so you don't need to order Domino's pizza. You can order anything. Yeah. And some nice little fellow from Uber Eats will turn up mm. with, the, with the food. Um, and you don't, you're not necessarily stuck to a deep pan, thick and crusty with extra cheese and, and calories. Okay. Computer share seems to have had a good half year with a profit up 14%. Yeah, computer share has been doing pretty well. The stock price did pretty well yesterday as well. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those kind of um, success stories. Um, it does well out of um, the, the, the platform they have for uh, financial advisors. It also does well out of um, the number of people that transact share trades because they're a share registry, so that's, that's a benefit for them. And it's also got uh, good U.S. exposure as well, so the market kind of likes this one. Um, and, and the, you know, we've seen in the last few days, this week is, is one of the big weeks for reporting, is that when the market does like a stock, it just keeps on pushing and the momentum just keeps on going. So, yeah, it's um, a good result and, um, and good exposure to uh, those key markets. Mm. And ABO, the ABO is claiming that their earnings were hurt by bad publicity? Yeah, Fairfax got stuff in, stuck into them, I think you'll remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, some time ago. Um, they, had, um, they had their profits out yesterday. Uh, they were, Fairfax was screaming, you know, um, sales down 42% all this sort of stuff. But in actual fact, the, the figures weren't too bad. The, um, the NTA of this group is around $3.60. Um, the current share price is around $2.70. So there's a bit of a gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, the company is fighting back in terms of PR. Um, I'm not sure if it's making its products any simpler. Uh, we hold this one in our small cap portfolio that I've been running. So um, I was kind of encouraged. It, it was a bit sad to see Fairfax trying to put the boot in again. A lot of broker updates coming through. Um, so I think there's a bit more to go in this one on the upside. But it, it does look like they're trying to clean up their act a little bit in terms of their retirement village practices and aged care. Um, so hopefully um, they won't uh, cop too much more negativity from the Fairfax press. And Burrell, Burrell, Burrell's claiming that it's, it's stretched with uh, stretched its ability to make money in this infrastructure bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Burrell, I, I, when I read the Borrell result the other day, I thought it was a fantastic result. Um, and this is one of the few companies that really gives you direct boots on the ground, um, traffic control, people flicking signs around and neon signs, exposure to U.S. infrastructure. Now, we've just had a big, you know, 
Trump plan to spend trillions of dollars on um, on U.S. infrastructure to upgrade their, their deteriorating roads, bridges, airports, you name it, it's falling apart in the U.S. The only thing that is good is, of course, their missile defences and, and their nuclear weapons, which is always handy. Um, but um, Boral has bought a business in the U.S. Uh, last year. It was a big bet. Uh, it was a $5 billion bet on um, the U.S. infrastructure. And I've got to say, these guys have timed it brilliantly. Um, I thought the stock price should have gone a lot higher on the back of the that result, it was a pretty good result, and the company was talking up infrastructure. They did see some problems in um, some of the Australian businesses, mainly because it was just so hard to get around capital cities because they were so busy and there were so many cement trucks and things mm-hmm. um, getting around the place. And you know, I know, you know, driving around Sydney, it's uh, it is like a, a construction site in places. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think Borrell's going to do well. I think it was a good result. They're in the right place and they're geared to the right theme. Uh, with um, with the US um, infrastructure. Mm. And Cochlear lifted Sintram Dividend to 8, 8%, to $1.40? Uh, yeah, Cochlear, another goodish result. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a massive Australian success story. Uh, they do seem to have a few little sort of uh, uh, issues on the horizon, and uh, they're taking it quite easy um, in terms of um, their expansion and, and their growth. But, um, you know, as somebody said, um, I, I was on Sky all day and someone was saying, you know, there's very few businesses that when you give them a product, when you give your customer a product, they're locked in for 40 or 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is a, the great thing about Cochlear. Once you put that implant in, you are tied to their products for a considerable amount of time. Um, and they're, they're looking at obviously upselling you along the way in terms of all the new gizmos and apps and digital kind of uh, things that they can add on to just basically giving you hearing. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a good story. The market's, uh, market does like it. I think the CSL story was a better story. Um, and uh, I, I, I was talking yesterday on TV how um, some people were saying the CSL was very expensive at $150. And I said, well, would you rather pay um, 8500 US for a mathematical algorithm that's probably worth nothing yes. or $150 for a seriously quality operation yes. like CSL, yes. which is which is growing fast. But I heard it was expensive when it was 100 well, yeah. it's, it's always going to be expensive. Yeah, it's, right. it's, you know, it's quality. That's right. Um, and they're pushing into China, which is good. Yeah. Um, they're not doing it in a, um, a kind of splurge money kind of fashion. They are very much slowly, slowly catchy monkey. Um, and I think that that's um, it's going to prove um, a pretty good uh, growth path for them. I mean, one of the reasons I kind of like Hockley is it's one of those stocks that just kind of got to feel good. It's actually going out and helping people and, yeah. and not causing any harm. These people who can't hear can suddenly hear. Yeah, I know, it's quite remarkable. It is a great Australian success story. So I guess, you know, if, you, if you're looking at ethical investment or just feel-good investments, it certainly satisfies that. And, and even on other metrics, it, uh, it it looks pretty good as well. It's just, it, it wasn't, you know, not the lights-out kind of stuff, but um, it uh, it was sort of slow and steady, and, and I think the uh, the market will continue to uh, to warm to it. And Transurban's first-half distribution, they're looking at raising their total distribution for the year about 8 Nine percent. Yeah, are more good figures. I, the, the, the problem um, the Transurban have, and it goes the same with you know the Sydney airports, the Macquarie Atlas roads, is they are kind of bond proxies, um, and 
you know, people um, people worry about with the rising interest rates, the debt levels, the amount of interest they're going to have to pay, which obviously affects because they are heavily laden with uh, with debt. Um, you know, these are long-term assets that cost a lot of money to develop, and then they they sort of take a little bit of money every time you go beep uh, on the car. Uh, what was interesting, I guess, and this plays into the borrow thematic as well, is that the uh, the income from lorries was uh, was going through the roof compared to uh, car income, and the price rises for lorries was quite considerable. Um, you know, these guys pretty much own um, all the toll roads in Australia, um, certainly on the East Coast. They've also got exposure to the US, not huge. They've got a, uh, a Dulles uh, Greenway, which is about 9%, so it's nothing massive, but they could be in the box seat uh, for a little bit of US um, pickup in that infrastructure spend. The big deal for uh, Transurban will be the West Connects, uh, which I think is a bit, yeah, it's a bit political, that one. Yeah. A lot of people want it, and there's an awful lot of people that do not want it. Um, I mean, it's, it's happening, it's being dug and tunnelled and whatever at the moment, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just been a bit political, so um, I think they will have to uh, make sure that uh, whether they get it or not remains to be seen. They're not going to spend uh, huge you know, payovers for it. They've certainly sat back in the past and bought things um, when they've been in uh, bankruptcy or when they've struggled like the Lane Cove Tunnel and those sorts of things. So, um, good story, good stock, just being held back a little bit at the moment by this bond proxy uh, issue with rates rising, and I suspect that will continue. Um, and so, with all these announcements coming out, Harry, you must be working to midnight every night. Nah, um, we, we, we don't. Um, yes, it'd be nice do. to. Well, well it'd, be, it'd be nice that um, reporting season was spread out a little bit more, yeah. so you had a bit of a chance to uh, to really sit down and evaluate things, but unfortunately, you know, today we've got Super Thursday, we've got Telstra, we've got Suncorp, we've got uh, South 32, right? it's just, you know, the list goes on, it's just crazy stuff. And so all the, you'll have notes on most of these in your newsletter tomorrow? Yep, there's, uh, certainly we try and give a pretty much a, a quick um, summary and a, and a quick reaction to what we think about the results. Um, so yeah, you can sign up for a two-week uh, trial on marcustoday.com.au. Okay, thanks Henry. See you next thanks, week. Thanks Stephen. Bye. So Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter and we'll talk to him next week. It is Thursday Finance on to a new RFM and well, it's always good to keep up with what's happening in the Centrelink area and uh, there have been some changes recently as Mandy Barton joins us from Centrelink. Stephen, there have been changes to superannuation um, as far as Centrelink's yeah, concerned. Yeah, have, have these actually come in yet or have they proposed or they're a mix? Okay, they are. They have been legislated, but yes. the commencement date for these changes is the 1st of July 2018. Okay, so what we're talking about today doesn't actually occur till the 1st of July. Yes. yes, but yeah. we're getting a lot of questions around yep. it from um, age pension customers because yes. it is changes in relation to making contributions to super after the sale of the main residence. That's right. So, so, so what are the what are the current rules now? Is you the current rules for contributions to super once you're over sixty five? Yeah. So at the moment, to be able to make a contribution to superannuation for someone who's over sixty five, they are required to meet a work test. So they need to still be working in some way. They have to work a minimum of 40 hours within 30 consecutive days in the financial year to be able to contribute. And they are limited then to a personal contribution is what we're talking about of no more than $100,000 in the financial year. And it has to disqualify this working too. It has to be paid employment. It does. You need to get a a group certificate or as a pay-as-you-go Whatever the long yeah, ways, yeah. Paid at award yeah. wage. So you know, you might go working down at work at that 
you know, the uh, St Vincent de Paul or, or the, the, the dogs uh, helping pet thing in Hamilton there and you work very hard down there, but unfortunately it doesn't count for the work test for, for, um, for um, income tax. So what's the proposed new rules on all of this? Okay, so the rule that is coming in, it has passed into law now, is in relation to downsizing the home. So basically what's going to happen is for a person over the age of 65, if they downsize their home or sell the main residence, they are able to make a contribution to superannuation under these downsizer rules of up to $300,000. So the $300,000, does that apply to each person? It does for couples. Each person could contribute up to 300000 um, So no work test required for this rule. It is specifically to downsizing. So you have to sell your principal place of residence and then you can put up to 300000 of each couple into from the sale proceeds into, into superannuation. Plan. You can, absolutely. But, of course, there are lots of rules and regulations around this. Um, it has to be your main residence and it has to have been that main residence for 10 years to be eligible to make these contributions to superannuation. And which we don't want to get into today, but I suppose it gets even more complicated if, if, if it's one person's main residence for 10 years and someone else's only for five years or something. Yeah, there's yeah, certainly legislation yeah. around couples who've recently become yeah. couples, etc. Okay, because I could see how that would be a common um, way that this might occur is that two people become couples and decide they've got an excess main residence. And, mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something that'll be quite complicated, and and so so how does this affect um, the the new transfer balance rules that came in on the first of July two thousand seventeen? Whereas if you've got one point six million dollars in, you can't actually put any more money in. Is, is this That's exempt right. or is it? Yeah, so the the downsizer rules actually don't count toward the total superannuation balance. So as, as you just said, if, if a person has more than $1.6 million in superannuation, they're not eligible to make a personal contribution. But under this legislation, these downsizer contributions are allowed to go above that $1.6 million. So they can already have that balance in there. They can make a $300,000 downsizer contribution if they meet the rules. Okay, so if you've got 1.6, you can put in the 300,000 and bring yourself to 1.9. You can, but the transfer balance cap still Stays applies. At 1.6, yeah. So that, that basically yeah. means only 1.6 million can be transferred to the drawdown phase yes, where it's right. tax free earnings. That's right. That's right. Um, but this is one of the few ways I know you can get actually above 1.6. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so if you go and downsize, I mean, most people. Um, talk about downsides so sell the house and buy a new one so do, is, do you have to buy a new one or no you actually don't have to buy a new home as long as the property that you're selling meets those main residence rules uh, you can make a contribution so you might be moving into a retirement village you might be moving in with family um, as long as your main residence rules are met you can make that downsizer contribution okay so is this um is this a one-off or is it so if we put in 150 this time, can you put in another 150? Or no, you only get one go. One go. Yes. Right, so it's so, one go, once off, and a maximum of 150. Yeah, and no uh, upper age limit. A maximum of 300 limit. per person. Yeah, no upper age limit. So as long, you must be over 65 to contribute under downsizer rules. Um, but this, the, the, you know, it can be 75, 80, 85. There's no upper age limit on it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and is there a time limit for contributions? Absolutely there is. So the... Um, 
there's two very important dates here that we need to get um, across. And the 1st of July 2018 is when this legislation comes into force. Now, the the uh, eligibility to make a contribution means that the exchange of contracts on the sale must be on or after the 1st of July 2018. So people selling their house in this financial year or exchanging contracts in this financial year are ineligible for this scheme. So that's the first rule exchange of contracts for sale on or after 1 July 2018. And then in relation to time limits, the the contribution must be made within 90 days of settlement of the sale of the main residence. Mm-hmm. So it has to go on a complying superannuation fund in 90 days. Within 90 days of the date of settlement. Which seems like a reasonable amount of time, but I mean, dealing with some people, it's very difficult to get them to make a decision in 90 days. So I'd suggest one solution is that they may want to put it into a superannuation fund that's just a kind of a, uh, got a cash holding with no entry or exit fees and put it in there for you. You're running out of time on your 90 days and can't decide and you want to do this, stick it into a cash-type super fund yeah. and then you can sit there for another 90 days till you decide the final destination. That's right. And, and I mean, with the money going into superannuation, it's still going to be accessible if the person yep. changes their mind. Yeah, so if, if they make this yeah. contribution, um, they're over 65, so they've met a condition of release. Uh, if they change their mind six months later, they can make a lump sum withdrawal tax. That's right. And there's a number of superannuation funds that basically work kind of like a bank account. They yeah, just, retirement yeah. savings yeah. accounts, etc. Yep. Okay. So RSAs are included as well, are they? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and so what about happens? What happens to your Centrelink pension? Because that's all over the place at the moment. There's old people who are grandfathered. There's superannuation money and there's new people and... So, so where does this kind of sit, this new 300000 Okay, so there are no special exemptions on this money under our, our Social Security law. When the money makes that, when they downsize, they have these excess funds, Place this if they choose to place it into superannuation, it is part of the assets. Mm-hmm. Deeming rules will apply for the income test, so there's no special exemptions under this legislation for Centrelink. It's not going to increase their eligibility to payment through placing it into superannuation. Okay, so so we place it in a into super. So what is the deeming? What is the deeming rates would be on the three hundred now? So the deeming rates, depending on whether you're single or partnered, the yep. low deeming rates one point seven five percent. So it's fifty the first fifty thousand two hundred for singles and the first eighty three thousand four hundred for couples, and the upper deeming rates currently three point two five percent for everything above that. Okay, so so if you look at this, putting it in the cash fund. It should really only be the short-term thing. You really need to move it into a, you know, a balanced or conservative fund. And most of the balanced funds I've kind of looked at lately are doing um, seven to nine percent would be conservative. So, but for Centrelink purposes, they're only going to assess the income at three point seven five. Maximum three point seven five. Three point two five. Three point two five. Yeah. And you can pick up seven to nine percent, say, um, in a balanced fund at the moment, which which isn't get assessed for Centrelink. So. So overall, you if you get it returns above your deeming rate, mm. that You're doesn't affect it doesn't affect your pension. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So you need to look at this instead of just sticking it in the bank where you won't get. Yeah, three it's points. absolutely something that that people who are looking to sell their homes after the first of July can explore. See if this is something that is suitable for their situation. Okay, um, and then the the other thing about this is when you when you. Uh, and people who hadn't had a large amount of super might suddenly found they've got 
uh, 300,000 in super. One of the things you need to think about is your binding death nomination as to where this money goes. Absolutely. Because where it goes can, in some cases, have different tax consequences. Yes, dependence, yeah, non-dependence, so, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, yeah, you, you know, any big change in assets, obviously estate planning is a huge part of that and looking at superannuation death nominations as well. Yes, and it's surprising how many times you can see them messed up. And it's particularly important if there's there's mixed couples in here. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm, well. Okay. So something else for us all to think about. Thanks for updating us on Centrelink. It's great having you along, Mandy, to do that. And we look forward to your next visit. Uh, and we're just about at the end of Thursday Finance for today. Um, we'll be back next uh uh, we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news. Uh, thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And uh, you can catch this program on podcast. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.